If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-US wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. And go in the air, deep right center go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, watch it go Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or go online to mygreensolution.com. Whatever you do, make sure you use that promo code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase. Let's jump into the show. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. And on today's episode, we're going to do something fun. Not that we don't do fun things on the other episodes, but I figured we'd mix it up a little bit. Uh, I've been giving you guys a lot of my opinions on what I think the Rockies should be doing throughout the offseason. But I wanted to take a step back. You know, I went, they, they did a really fantastic job uh, the other night at Blake Street Tavern doing a live podcast for the Nuggets guys. And they were fantastic. And a lot of people came out. They had crowd participation. And it got me thinking of more ways I can get all of you involved in this podcast. And so this was one of the things that I came up with uh, that I could sort of put my scouting hat on. And and let's let's be honest, I'm we're having fun here. I am, yes, I'm going to try to grade other people's trade proposals. No, I am not the master guru of all knowing of everything in baseball. We're having fun here. Uh, but I, I wanted to jump right into it because I thought there were some really interesting uh, trade proposals from several of you. And I, I just want to go through it. So those of you who aren't familiar with the uh, scouting scale in baseball, that's kind of what I'm going to be using here, right, as a, as a measuring stick. So 20 is the lowest you can go. Uh, one person, I believe, on Twitter named, or, or not, not obviously not actually named, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, wrote Pat Valeka for Mike Trout. Putting aside the fact that Valeka plays for the Baltimore Orioles now, 
uh, that still is a 20-grade trade, not because it wouldn't obviously make the Rockies a much better team, but because it would never happen. And so, you know, I may do a little bit of that too. say like, hey, this is a 20-grade trade in terms of whether or not it would ever occur, but it's an 80-grade trade in terms of if some miracle made it occur, yes, it would make the Rockies much better. Uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, I wanted to begin with uh, some of the ones I got first on Twitter yesterday when I threw this out. Uh, our first one comes through from at Andrew Spears or Spires. says, John Gray and Sam Hilliard for Byron Buxton and Randy Dobnak. I'm not sure I'm saying that second person's last name correctly, uh, but this is an interesting one to be sure. <coughs> now, at first... You can look at this in a couple of ways. You got two, a pitcher for a pitcher and an outfielder for an outfielder. And they're both going kind of different directions. In John Gray, you have the more established pitcher, uh, but who also has a little bit less time before he can become a free agent. Uh, Dobnak, this last season, uh, was really, let me let me pull up his numbers. I've got them right here. Um, you, you know, just broke into the big leagues. He's 24 years old. Uh, he only pitched 28 innings, but to a 159 ERA. His minor league numbers are fantastic. But as I wrote in a recent article about the prospect of trying to trade John Gray, that you're hoping this kid turns into John Gray. We all know pitching at Coors Field is a different animal. Some guys handle it, some don't. If this kid could do it, the trade would get really interesting because the thing about him is that you, you wouldn't lose him as quickly as you could potentially lose John Gray if the Rockies don't extend him. You're going to have him for cheaper. He hasn't even hit arbitration yet. And so more than anything, this is a, a keeping your window open for longer type of move. Uh, and then the Sam Hilliard for Byron Buxton part of it is also super interesting. Now, Byron Buxton was a prospect of a much, much higher caliber than Sam Hilliard. It hasn't worked out as well for him in the big leagues. He's been injury prone, which is a big red flag when you're talking about bringing someone to play for the Rockies at times. And he just hasn't really been able to hit a ton at the big league levels until this uh, level, until this last year, uh, put up a 262 batting average, which isn't great, but a 314 on base percentage. Uh, he managed to slug 513 with 10 home runs, 14 stolen bases, 114 OPS plus. So this is his first year above average, but he brings it defensively. So there's some interesting things going on here. I'm going to give this trade a grade of about a, a 60. I, I think, you know, th there are reasons to believe that Byron Buxton type of player could be the answer for the Rockies in center field defensively, and that that goes a long way toward helping the pitching staff, but there's also reason to believe that, you know, John Gray is kind of the gold standard now for Rocky starting pitching, and there's a huge chance that you, if you make this trade, despite the good numbers from Dobnak and his age and his nice contract, that if you make this move, you do take an immediate step back in the starting pitching rotation, and therefore you've not gotten better, but both guys do have a a window of time. I, I also think this is a trade that could happen. It is, you know, I, I don't I don't mean to say I think this is something that's in the works. What I mean to say is this is a viable 
trade. This is this is a well thought out uh, type of deal where I think a lot of these eh, you guys are angling a little bit more toward helping out the Rockies, and I can understand um, why that me- might be the case. Here's another one that's interesting, kind of along these lines. Uh, Cheeto Jones says Ian Desmond and Brandon Rogers for Tim Anderson and a middle prospect pitcher. Um, Now, Tim Anderson, again, is coming off a phenomenal year. He just hit 335, which led the American League, on base 357, which isn't great. That's that's not walking very much at all. Uh, Slug 508, he hit 18 home runs, stole 17 bases for a 129 OPS+. By far the best offensive year of his career. Um, he's also at shortstop, not a defensive plus. In fact, he's led the league in errors committed three times, but he does rake. Uh, he's, he's always had good home run totals, stolen base numbers. He's a good offensive player. Uh, he, his athleticism might play up a bit more at second base. Would acquiring a guy like that who could be a plus to the... So presumably here, you're moving Tim Anderson to second base, especially if you don't have Brendan Rodgers anymore. And you're getting out from underneath the Ian Desmond contract, which might allow you to go do some things uh, on the pitching side. Uh, I don't hate this. A a year ago, I probably would have. Trading Brendan Rodgers for Tim Anderson never would have occurred to me a year ago. And basically, you're hoping that... You know, Tim is just the more stable player. Uh, you don't know what you're going to get with Rodgers, who does have the higher ceiling. Anderson is still 26 years old. Feels like he's been around for a while, but he's still uh, young and got a couple of years, I think, on that contract. Let me double check it. Oh, he's actually been extended out. So Tim Anderson's contract also runs through 2024, and the most expensive it gets is that season at $14 million. He's locked up for four million next year, seven million the year after that, nine, twelve, and fourteen. So that's the kind of contract that would be really beneficial to the Rockies uh as well. So if you're getting out from the Ian Desmond deal, does and you're getting a guy who you feel like at least can be a very solid offensive producer, maybe his defense plays up at second base that allows you to move McMahon to first. Uh you know, you've done some interesting things here. Uh, I'm going to give this trade a 50 on the scale. I feel like it's right in the middle. I feel like it could go either way. There's some high risk here in moving out Brendan Rodgers, who could very easily be a better middle infielder next season than Tim Anderson. If Anderson goes back to being the player he was the first three years of his career and Brendan Rodgers breaks out in a way that a lot of people, myself included, think is possible. Uh, On the other hand, if they were to pull off a move like this, you'd feel great about getting rid of that Desmond contract, uh, bringing in a player who's likely to contribute either way, still has a pretty high floor, and gives you some flexibility to go out and do some other things with the roster. And we know that that limited flexibility is, is an issue right now for the Rockies. So, yeah, I, I like these both, uh, especially in concept. And I, and I think both, uh, again, in terms of viability, that's something that uh, the White Sox, even though they are building, I don't, they're, they're not a team that anymore, as we've seen with the trades lately, 
or I'm sorry, the, the signings lately with Yasmani Grandal um, and uh, Jose Abreu that, you know, they're trying to compete, but because Rodgers is a one of those prospects who's on the brink of, and Desmond does still have some value, I think the White Sox could sell that move, despite Anderson coming off a really hot year, uh, that Rodgers could immediately take over for him at shortstop in Chicago. And so again, I, I like these in terms of viability. Uh, some of the ones coming up here that are trying to dump some contracts aren't as much. And so I'll get into that. Here's one from Gavin, who wants to get uh, trade Charlie Blackman and Rymal Tapia to the White Sox again for Jimmy Cordero, James McCann, and Kelvin Herrera. Um, so here's one that James McCann throws this whole thing off for me a little bit. I, I like what you're getting into here again, the concept, but McCann is just too rare, a high quality impact catcher, um, that, that I don't think the White Sox are just going to have any interest in moving him at all even even to get rid of kelvin herrera's contract there and even if the rockies had to eat some of blackman's i i do think that this trade while i i think you're you're thinking in the right place like hey charlie blackman's a great player who could help them again they're continuing to build forward both blackman and tapia could help the white Sox immediately but i i don't think they're going to pull out a, a core here um if McCann was a slightly less exciting player in terms of his raw overall potential, uh, I, I would give this trade probably somewhere closer to the 40 or 50 range. But you're, you're still worried about some things from the Rockies' side of it as well in terms of lo losing Blackman and Tapia. I mean, you do it from a Rockies' perspective because of McCann and, and what he can bring, but... Um, you, you know, I, 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 unfortunately, sorry, Gavin, I think this one's a bit of a non-starter. I'm going to grade it at a 30. I don't think it's impossible. I just, uh, I think McCann would, would get them pretty uninterested in a hurry. There's one that comes from Andrew, and then I'm going to get to some of these live ones here. I'll, I'll talk to you guys about these. Um, I'm sorry. What, what did I get? Oh, yeah, yeah. There it is. Andrew says, Blackman, Desmond, and Vavra, Taron Vavra, is a prospect uh, shortstop for the Rockies. And $10 million to Cleveland for Santana, Logan Allen, and A.J. Cole. Uh, I, I think in this situation, again, I'm, I'm going to have to go to a non-starter, largely because of Cleveland is trying to shed salary right now. Uh, they're not going to be interested in bringing on Blackman alone, and I, and certainly not Blackman and Desmond. As far as you know, talent for talent here, this this could work. Like this is one of those things that in a video game, you know, you're probably getting the green bar to light up because you you've got roughly equal value here. But uh, Cleveland's not gonna take on the contracts of Charlie Blackman and Ian Desmond. I don't think they would even take on one of those contracts right now so let me jump over here uh to the live and and get some of these while i'm doing that of course i gotta remind everybody to drink breckenridge brew 
If you like fun, if you enjoy good beer, if you if you just like sipping on something tasty in these cold winter months, I cannot recommend the Vanilla Porter highly enough. Uh, it really has long been one of my favorite beers, and, and it still is to this day, uh, long before I ever knew that I myself would be plugging Breckenridge Brew. Uh, I, I'm, I'm here and I'm excited to, to say that I am because I've just always enjoyed that vanilla porter. So if that's not your thing, check out the Colorado Core. No matter what you go with, you're going to be coming up with some damn good beer. All right, let's see here. Couple from the live. Well, we've just got a couple of questions here, so I'll answer these. Ben wants to know, do we know if uh, Yonder Alonso will stay with the Rockies? I think there could be something worked out there. Um, I, I think there's something that would be at the end of the, the season if they don't sign anybody else kind of for that last guy on the bench, veteran Mark reynolds type of role. I could see him coming back to do that, absolutely. But, it, you know, if somebody else sees a little more in him and offers a contract first, probably not. Um, Wild the Innocent wants to know, is Rodgers ready for camp from the start or later into the season? Uh, I believe he will be ready for camp. Uh, ben asks, should we trade John Gray for a better pitcher? I don't think it works like that. Uh, it's very, very, very difficult to do. Plus, John Gray is a pretty good pitcher. Um, so, we got a few other in here. <laughs> Tapia and Davis for Mookie Betts. I'm going to grade that at a 20. Sorry. Um, that's, yeah. Sorry, Cookie Monster. That's just not going to happen. Uh <clears throat> Well, Garrett Cole's a free agent, so they won't be trading for him. A few others. Brian Shaw and Jake McGee for cheap prospects to create cap space. Again, that's harder to do than it may sound like. A lot of teams aren't going to move anything of value uh, to do that. There was one trade in here that I'm going to get to in a minute that I think is maybe the best possible version of something like this. Um, but for the most part, you're going to have to include something else with Shaw and McGee, um, sort of the way that, that the, one of those trades that we were looking at before did by moving out Rodgers along with Desmond, right? You're going to have to include a prospect. Um, Ian Desmond, Brian Shaw, and a low-level prospect for D. Gordon. Uh, again, I think you're going to have to give them more in a player that they're going to like. I love this. Mary Mary just says, trade all the bad players for good ones. And that's the thing, right? It's always tempting to want to just move out the, the players on your team that you don't like and bring in players that you do like. But it can be very, very difficult. Uh, C. Jameson wants to know, and I can check him here now so I won't be sideways. Sorry about that awkwardness for a moment. Um, any rumors that you have seen that you think hold real merit. Nothing yet. It's still pretty cold out here. I think, you know, free agency's got to play out a little bit. Uh, a couple of big pieces need to set the market before, uh, you know, the Rockets aren't going to be in on Garrett Cole and they shouldn't be. Uh, but I do think that, you know, once those kind of pieces get moved around, 
they, they can start to get involved in a hurry and, and start wanting to grab guys who maybe are worried they're going to get left out. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an active offseason for the Colorado Rockies. Let me jump back into our list here. There was one with the Marlins that I really wanted to look at. Oh, yeah, from our good friend Adam, who says, uh, Caleb Smith and Ryan Stanek for Rymel Tapia, Taryn Vavra, Ian Desmond, and Jake McGee. I'm going to um, I'm going to help Adam out a little bit and not throw this one away as I'm sorry I did with, with a couple of those other ones a little bit more quickly or, or just graded to 2030 because as is, uh, this will not happen. Um, because you've got Desmond and McGee in there. But here's why this is uh, not totally dismissible. Let's, let me take Ian Desmond off of there or Jake McGee off of there. In your mind, whichever one you'd rather get rid of, leave them in there, okay? So you've got Tapia, Vavra, who's a pretty solid, like, think of him as the new Forrest Wall. He's a left-handed hitting, middle infield prospect with some good offensive numbers, solid defender, nothing that jumps off the page at you that goes, this guy's going to be a thing, but he looks solid. Like, I like Taron. He looks like a, a good player. Now, Caleb Smith and Ryan Stanek. Let's get into the, the Marlins side of it. Uh, Caleb Smith is a lefty starter who got kind of shelled a, a, a bit this year in terms of giving up home runs. He gave up 33 home runs and 153.1 innings pitched. Right, But he went 10 and 11. If you're, if you're into win-loss, some people are, some people aren't. It's fine, uh, just so you know. Uh, he, he did manage to put up a, an okay 452 ERA considering the, the 33 home runs and an ERA plus of 94. He had an ERA plus the season before of 92. He is a lefty. Patrick and I have talked about how the Rockies don't really have the lefty starting pitcher. So he may be able to do some interesting things against those Dodgers lineups. He's 28 years old. So you know, still kind of in the middle of what should be his physical prime here. Numbers that just don't blow you away. But he looks like a league average lefty starting pitcher at 28. Ryan Stanek looks to be a very similar thing, but out of the bullpen. Now, he's coming off of, and, and how old is he? Also 28 years old. He's a righty. And he's coming off of a very bad season. 21 innings pitched, a 548 ERA, a 78 ERA+. But the three years before that, uh, he's got ERA plus of 138, 111, 131. Uh, so again, uh, a solid, solid looking pitcher here, but not, you know, you're, you're getting him at his lowest, lowest value, not a blow you away. I can't believe, look at this guy, but this is a very doable deal for the Rockies. You would give up prospect that's still several years away so you're not hurting yourself in the immediacy you get to shed the contract of if it, if i got to pick at this point i would say jake mcgee um you know so so you've got that money in the immediacy to try to go and spend that on relief pitching i think it's seven or nine million dollars that you would be saving on jake mcgee 
And you'd bring in two guys that, while they don't blow you away, they could really solidify the back end of the rotation and the back end of the bullpen. At worst, Ryan Stanek would be the Rockies' fifth best reliever. Like, he would... There's no way he wouldn't make the Rockies' bullpen and and make it better. Would he be a setup guy? Could he emerge as a major weapon? Potentially, but he could also just kind of be a thing. The, the part of it that would hurt me the most, obviously, would be losing Tapia there. But I do think this is a, a solid 60-65 grade trade for the Rockies um, where because the Marlins are in a position where they could take a bad contract, maybe even to, as long as they run out in the next year or two, because they're not expecting to compete next season. Vavra is a guy who can help them down the line. Uh, Tapia is still a guy who's under team control for a few more years. Uh, I'd hate to see Tapia go, but to bring in a veteran starter and a veteran reliever, shed a contract as well along with it. I think that's a really smart trade from the Rockies' perspective. I think that's really well done, Adam. <coughs> Excuse me. want to get back to the live chats and questions here. Um, at XN8RX says, uh, what are your thoughts about the new guy the Rockies signed from Cleveland on a minor league deal? Stamets. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I have very... Very few thoughts. He was, uh, it appears to be an organizational guy. I looked at the numbers, mediocre in the minors. If he's a glove uh, wizard, that would be super neat. And, and that's, you know, at least a little bit of depth there. He looks to be a replacement for Pat Vileka. And I expect he'll provide about that amount of uh, value. Um, Jake says Matthew Boyd would require a good bit of prospects or an upper echelon MLB ready player. Yeah, that's almost certainly. Um, yeah, that's almost certainly the case. And then is it too late to trade Roberto Ramos? Going to lose him in the Rule 5 draft anyway. I, I believe so. I'd have to double check that. But I'm, yeah, I, I think at this point, it's too late. If they wanted to protect him, they, they would have protected him. Now he's just going to be available uh, in the Rule 5 draft. But I'd, I'd have to double-check. In fact, this is a great opportunity for me to plug something new that we're doing. Uh, we've done a few of these on DNVR for the other sports, these explainer videos. The idea behind them is to be two- to three-minute-long you know, short videos that help you understand something that's maybe a bit obscure and there are a lot of these things in the game of baseball so i'm really glad we're doing them uh just so you know we have these on file it's gonna be good for me to go back and reference stuff like this and patrick did the first one on the rule five draft so if you're curious it's coming up soon how it works uh some of the interesting elements of rocky's history when it comes to the rule five draft go check that out it's on our youtube page it's on our instagram of course it's out there on our Twitter. If you haven't checked out the YouTube page, I highly recommend you do that. Once you get that working and kind of part of your YouTube regimen, like there's so many cool quality things that are coming and we've only just gotten started with that. So make sure you go check out the explainer on uh, the Rule 5 draft, but I'm pretty sure at this point 
uh, yeah, the Rockies are in a place where they're they're likely to lose him. Uh, there are, are questions about Ramos's defense and high strikeout rate. And, you know, I know he has really good numbers. He's also just a little bit older than some of the other prospects in the mix. Um, I wasn't shocked the Rockies didn't protect him, but we're going to have a, a bigger minor league conversation when I'm able to get uh, in, a, in a situation I could sit down with Patrick Lyons, who really has become our our minor league expert. So why don't I get back to a few more of these uh, trade ideas before I sign off here. Um, well, this was an interesting one because I, I sort of dismissed one of Andrew's earlier. I do want to mention this, uh, and I love this. He says, also, not a trade proposal, but a $10 million investment into analytics equipment like VR simulators, like the Dodgers use, um, uh, Edge Artonics, uh, all of that kind of stuff. And honestly, I'm not even sure it would take a, a $10 million investment. A $5 million investment would probably be $4.5 million more than uh, what they're really spending on it now uh, or have been in recent history. And so I think that's a phenomenal point to be made that that is somewhere they should be looking to spend their money. Um you know, will that happen? I think they'll spend more. I, I get the indication that they are doing more from an analytics perspective. What I don't know is if that's going to be enough to like have them catch up, right? Or, or stay, keep up as it were with other people who are not just now really starting to invest. Like they've been investing. So now they're going to the second level of whatever they're going to do with their analytics. Um, oh no, and it looks like the Periscope just cut out. I'll just keep going here on uh, the Facebook Live. But yeah, there, there's one other one. Where was it? Here we go. One other trade that I wanted to get into talking about. Uh, Garrett Hampson, uh, this comes from Nick or Slam Hilliard at Slam Hilliard on Twitter. Uh, says Garrett Hampson and Ty Robert Tyler for Ethan Hankins and Nick Sandlin. Now, this is another one of those interesting ones that I think that your your head is in the right place here because you've got, uh, you, you know, these, uh, I always feel weird about calling guys stuff like this, but fringy players for other fringy players. And for me, I tend to trust a bit more what you've got in these kinds of situations, uh, the you know the guy you know, uh, the these younger prospects. I know people are trying to rebuild the system. So if you're a rebuild the system person, uh, this is a quality trade. This is a, a a really good idea. But for me, I'm not in that camp, and so you know Hankins is years and years and years away. And that makes it a bit more difficult. Um, whereas Sandlin's going to be a little bit closer. And, uh, you know, again, you, you're, you're talking about moving out um, at least one position player, another one, Robert Tyler's a reliever, uh, for a couple of pitchers. So conceptually, like, I like the idea. You're getting potential high-impact pitching 
into the organization. Uh, Sandlin being uh, a second-round pick, uh, a pretty quality prospect. But, again, they're just too far away from really being truly impact guys, in my mind, uh, to go down that route. But if you were doing a, a kind of mini-rebuild of the organization and uh, maybe say we're going to trade one of the big guys, like a, a Nolan or a Charlie, but you know, try to rebuild quicker for like 2021 and forward, that might be an interesting move. But I, I just still think that there's too much to be found out in both of Hampson and Tyler. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that though a, a 45. So on the lower end, but uh, totally understandable for anybody who's looking to maybe start over a little bit more than I am. There's a couple other here. Wanted to go with Nolan's Minecraft account, who suggests uh, that the Reds get Charlie Blackman, I guess, and money, which is like tough. So, so I guess the Rockies would eat some of Blackman's contract. The Rockies get uh, prospects catcher Tyler Stevenson, pitcher Packy Naughton, uh, pitcher Ryan Hendricks, maybe more. Uh, that's a lot, actually. That's that's quite a bit for the Rockies to get. I The biggest hurdle here, I think, is, you know, are the Reds, do the Reds consider themselves a Charlie Blackman away from contention? And them being in the National League with concerns about his defense, I don't think they're going to give up that much in terms of prospects. If the Rockies could pull that off, off as much as I'd hate to see Charlie Blackman go. This is like a 70 trade for Blackman. You get two pitching prospects, a catcher who's really interesting. Uh, even if you are only getting out from half of Charlie Blackman's money, uh, the other half of it can be used on pitching, which is also going to be more valuable. So yeah, I, my guess here without knowing the Reds as well is that it's going to be a little bit more of a non-starter from their perspective so you know this one's not on the guys you know we got a few in here of like you know sean davis for anyone those are funny um this last one i want to talk about which i think might be tilted just a little bit too much in the rockies favor uh this one's definitely tilted heavily in the rockies favor but it's also not impossible uh that something like this could occur and this is and let me put it this way. This, this is the type of deal that would be the only circumstances under which I would trade Charlie Blackman, despite the defensive issues and the contract, that you would need to get at least two pitchers that are interesting and, and potentially impact uh, right away. Th that there's the catcher in there. That's where it starts to get twisted. So let me make it a more you know, down the line, but difficult trade. You take Tyler Stevenson out of there. The question is, you know, are those other two pitching prospects? And I don't have their numbers in front of me right this moment. I can bring them up real quick. Um, but th th that would be the question. Are those two pitching prospects enough for you uh, 
uh, to want to do that. But all depend on how they turn out. That could end up being uh, a brilliant move. Let's just take a look at Packy Naughton real quick while I turned up at 23 years old. Yeah, pretty solid numbers throughout his minor league career. Uh, but, uh, you know, is still, it looks like, well, he's down in, in low A or in high A this last year. So that's still pretty far away. I think you might be uh, moving a bit too far back there. I thought he was closer. Let me check on Ryan Hendricks just to be sure. Um, but yeah, um, so, so that's why you've got, uh, Stevenson in there. Um, okay. So he has made his debut, but just barely, um, you know, I, eh, it's a tough one. As I've often said, the, the Goldilocks zone for Charlie Blackman is very difficult to find. I do think that. You'd need the, the, the catcher in there to make it work from, from a Rockies point of view, but then I don't think the Reds do it. That's that's kind of the, the whole point there, right? So some, some really good ideas. Let me finish on this one here. Where'd it go? I lost it. I had it and I lost it. I lost it. Now I have it. Um, yeah, this one was was really fascinating to me. And I've heard some people bring this one up. This comes from At Rocks Rake. Uh, Trey Mancini and Michael Givens for Colton Welker, Jonathan Daza, and Ryan Feltner. Uh, and I saw somebody out there suggesting the Rockies even enter tra entertain trading Brandon Rogers for Trey Mancini. I would not do that. Again, I think a lot of people are, are more ready to jump off of the Brandon Rogers train than I am, this move, I would do. This is the one on here that I think of stuff that's been um, presented and is likely even. Uh, again, not likely that I've heard anything that this could be in the works. When I, when I say that, I'm talking about could go down, that the Orioles might be interested in, in getting... This kind of, you know, Colton Welker's a really good prospect. He's arguably the Rockies' top position player prospect right now. Jonathan Daza still has a lot of value there. Obviously, he's not a high-end prospect, but uh, both he and Ryan Feltner are really interesting ones. And, uh, you know, Welker would be the high-end replacement for Trey Mancini, if you had to throw in even another prospect, I think that's a really, really good idea for the Rockies. You would probably put Mancini at first base, which allows you to leave Ryan McMahon over at second. And you also get yourself an interesting, uh, capable outfield defender um, if he needs to go out there like he's he's fine defensively everywhere he rakes right-handed um I, I like the idea of bringing in mancini in general because of his positional flexibility his right-handed hitting ability and then if you've got uh, a pitcher to go along with it who's been about looks like just above league average for four or five years well a, a couple of years ago he was way above league average these last couple of seasons he's been right at, uh, out of the bullpen for the Orioles, uh, a righty with good stuff. Uh, you take that. 
Uh, I love this deal. I think it's my favorite one. I'm going to grade it out as a, a 70 trade, both in terms of its ability to help the Rockies in the immediacy. Uh, it strengthens the bullpen. It strengthens the lineup. It does hurt the farm system just a little bit, but you you know, you know, don't lose a Brendan Rodgers or a, a guy who you feel confident can help you at the major leagues in the immediacy. For me, that, that includes guys like Garrett Hampson or Ryan Altapia. You're moving out Welker. He's still a bit more of an unknown commodity. Um, Daza, as much as I, I think, you know, we still haven't seen the best of him. There's just too many other outfielders in the in the mix for the Rockies. And so I, I like this deal. And then, like I said, I would even go probably a step further and throw in another position player prospect, not a high level one, but another position player prospect to try to make that deal work for the Orioles. Uh, so that was fun. I thought we, and we can do that again throughout the season. Obviously this is a conversation we can keep coming back to as markets evolve, as certain players, you know, are, are presumed to become available or are placed on the trade block. As it were, we can talk about all of that kind of stuff uh, throughout the offseason, but it'll be fun getting your ideas on, you know, what can happen, and, and I'll be looking into players that I otherwise uh, might not have, and it's going to be a lot of fun to do that throughout the offseason. Uh, also, a lot of fun, I know it may not sound like it, but is supporting local business and checking out Denver Rubber Company. I promise you it is. These guys have got some crazy stuff. They are the most reliable local partner for your long-term project. Since 1972, Denver Rubber Company has provided the highest quality of products. they got custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, custom hoses. They've got all this stuff for your snow plows. Again, you get it customized, pre-slot to all the snow plow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length, mounted to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back. Nothing short of amazing. These guys have created proprietary materials that make up the inside of wind turbine blades. And we even witnessed machines that cut material used in bulletproof vests. So remember, Denver Rubber Company custom makes all of it. And you can purchase products for yourself and buy bulk at a fantastic rate. They're a family-owned business with loyalty only to the people just like us here at DNVR. So be sure to call them today for any snowplow needs, custom gaskets, hoses, etc. at 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr and tell them who sent you. All right, thanks everyone for hanging out during this conversation today. It was a lot of fun. Thank you if you sent in trade proposals. If I didn't see yours, if I, if I missed it, send me another one. Uh, there were a lot that came in. I, I wasn't quite expecting there to be so much participation in this one. Um, I wasn't sure. This was a, a lot of fun. Let me know if you like this exercise, if you think this is valuable, just kind of spitballing here, largely on stuff that's probably never going to happen. But it's it's a fun thought exercise, uh, I think. Uh, so, so let me know. Uh, and again, just continue to hit me up with them. If you've got your own, of course, you know you can email me drew at the dnvr.com um actually i don't think it's the the in there i think it's just drew at dnvr.com i need to double check that i know everything at drew at bsndenver.com just gets forwarded so if it doesn't work do that and it'll be forwarded to me but i should probably you know learn my own email address sometime soon 
That would probably be a, a quality decision to make on my behalf. Thanks, everyone, for listening along and sending in your questions and trade ideas. Make sure you're following us on all the social media at DNVR underscore Rockies, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman. Give us a like, share, and subscribe on Facebook, whatever podcast app you're using. Subscribe to DNVR to make sure that you don't miss any exclusives. We're going to have some really good ones coming your way soon here as we ramp up into winter meetings and off-season content. So as long as you continue to be absolutely awesome, I promise you that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer like entire team instruction and fitness programs you know the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge positive attitude work ethic and fun that their summer camps provide your child will want to play on one of their teams check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more